how wildfire burn scars create thunderstorms. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. It's been about two weeks since Hurricane Ida struck the Gulf Coast. While almost all power has been restored in New Orleans, nearly 135,000 people in Louisiana were still without electricity to run refrigerators and air conditioners. Many municipal water systems were offline, creating a crisis that authorities warn could last weeks. Almost 650,000 residents still lacked running water 10 days after Ida made landfall. The storm, strengthened by climate change, had sustained winds up to 150 miles per hour that blew down electricity lines required to pump groundwater and power treatment facilities. Meanwhile, the Coast Guard has been investigating hundreds of oil spills in the Gulf and supervising cleanup and mitigation efforts at more than 560 pollution sites. Images from satellites show oil floating on the water near the East Timbalier National Wildlife Refuge. A report earlier this year showed that the federal government has allowed the oil and gas industry to leave 97% of old pipelines, about 18,000 miles of them, on the seafloor since the 1960s. They can contain contaminants if not properly cleaned and decommissioned. Louisiana wildlife officials say they've documented more than 100 birds covered in oil from a spill at a refinery not far from New Orleans. A year ago, a wildfire in Colorado left a burn scar near Interstate 70, a vital east-west corridor through the Rocky Mountains. This summer, a year later, heavy rainstorms caused mudslides in the blackened area that have wiped out portions of the highway, causing significant traffic delays and closures. The risk of flooding in burn scar areas is understood, but it's not well known that these charred places can trigger and even intensify thunderstorms. Writing in the conversation, William Cotton of Colorado State University explains that there are three factors that lead to burn scars fueling thunderstorms. The lack of vegetation, reduced moisture in the soil, and more absorption of heat on the ground due to darker burn surfaces. The result is higher surface temperatures over scarred areas compared to nearby unburned places. The difference in temperatures between the two can cause warmer air to rise and cooler air to sink, a process called convection. The convection draws humid air up from areas surrounding burn scars, creating clouds and thunderstorms that can lead to rain, flooding, and lightning strikes that cause more fires. The intensity of this effect from burn scars on creating storms decreases over time, but the risk remains until the vegetation regrows. In other research news, scientists at The Ohio State University say they've found a way to take a stinky problem and turn it into a clean solution. Sewer gas, as its name suggests, is formed from decaying household and industrial waste. It contains hydrogen sulfide, which is highly toxic, flammable, and if you've ever been exposed to it, you'd know it smells like rotten eggs. A team of researchers were looking for ways to turn hydrogen sulfide into something less harmful and potentially valuable when they discovered a new chemical process to create a clean burning hydrogen fuel. Their method uses relatively cheap materials and takes a small amount of energy, the latter of which has been a significant hurdle in developing green fuels. While the team says they're still early into their experimentation and that it needs to be tested at an industrial scale, 
The idea of transforming a toxic gas into a fossil fuel alternative is encouraging. And finally, plant-based milks made from almonds, coconuts, oats, or soy are growing in popularity. People choose them for health reasons, but also because cow's milk has a considerable carbon footprint when you factor in growing the feed, the methane the animals burp, as well as the amount of water and energy involved in dairy processing. So which plant-based alternative to dairy is best for the environment? The field just got more crowded. Introducing potato milk. A product called Doug was created by Lund University in Sweden claiming strong green credentials. They say Doug has a quarter of the carbon footprint of cow's milk and uses half the amount of land needed to produce oat milk. Also, they say potatoes require 56% less water to grow than almonds, the majority of which come from drought-stricken California. Potatoes get a bad rap because they're often fried or in chips, but they're packed with antioxidants, have high concentrations of essential amino acids, and contain lots of vitamins. Breaking into the already crowded plant-based drink market is no small potatoes. So bottom line, how does it taste? The Vegan Review gave it high marks, and other sites rated it somewhat favorably. Currently, it's only available in Sweden and the UK, but perhaps sometime soon when you step up to the counter to order your half-calf, no-foam pumpkin spice latte, you might add a potato to it. That's it for This Week in Water. We'll see you next time.